Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our February 20th, 2018 episode with psychic medium and author William Stillman. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a fantastic episode in store for you tonight. I am your host, Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, our lovely co-host, Vanessa Hogle, and then, of course, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, down there in the chat room, the beautiful chat shenanigator, Shauna. So, uh, like I said, we have a great episode tonight. We have William Stillman, a very, very fantastic guy. We're having a wonderful chat, <laughs> or actually, I was kind of listening into a wonderful chat between Vanessa and William uh, just before the show. So, uh, let me give you a little bit of a rundown on... Uh, on and William here. So psychic, I'm just going to read from uh, the first couple paragraphs of his bio, which is quite lengthy. It's got a lot of stuff going on. So psychic William Stillman is the internationally known award-winning author of the Autism and the God Connection book trilogy that explores aspects of spiritual giftedness in many people with autism. These books encompass autism and the God Connection, the soul of autism, translated in three languages to date, and the autism prophecies. His other books of the paranormal genre include The Secret Language of Spirit, Understanding Spirit Communication in Our Everyday Lives, Conversations with Dogs, A Psychic Reveals What Our Canine Companions Have to Say and How You Can Talk to Them Too, and Under Spiritual Siege, How Ghosts and Demons Affect Us and How to Combat Them, about spiritual warfare and, about, and how negative spiritual entities affect those of us who are susceptible. Since 2004, Bill's worked professionally as a psychic and spiritual counselor. His accuracy in discerning the truth and making predictions that come to fruition has been acclaimed by his clients as truly extraordinary and ranks at 90 to 98% accurate. He specializes in identifying clients' gifts and talents, as well as aiding discarnate spirits, ghosts, to transition to the heavenly realm. And he has investigated hauntings on behalf of the Pennsylvania Paranormal Association. Bill has also relieved others of the physical symptoms of pain and discomfort with prayer and laying on of hands. He has been consulted on missing persons and unsolved homicide cases. And on, you were featured by Glenn Beck. <laughs> so I'll just throw that one in there at the end, <laughs> which I thought was very cool. I mean, you know, politics, politics worth. aside, politics aside, that's that's a big spotlight. So, um, so welcome, Bill. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here, and uh, thank you for making me feel welcome and at home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You do have a new book out, um, and you, I guess you want to give us a little rundown of the uh, just the new book real quick, and uh, we can get into it too. That's The Secret Language of Spirit, uh, which sounds like another fantastic book. You have quite a few of them to date. Thank you. I... Um I wrote this book, as I was telling Vanessa, we were chatting before we came on the air, I wrote this book really as a fundamental primer for the layperson to help people who are questioning, who are wondering, who are exploring, to make sense of what's what as they are coming into their own and engaged in the act of becoming. And when I was going through that process, I kept reaching out to people that I thought could help, that I thought could answer questions, and nobody would respond to me. So I suppose that was by design because I am self-taught in all that I do. And I wouldn't have it any other way, but I didn't want for anyone else to 
struggle in the way that I did. And so I put the best of what I know about the ways in which loved ones and spirit might reach out to us. And it's always going to be in ways that are very simple and subtle and gentle, completely non-invasive, non-intrusive, should never be frightening. And I also wanted to explain a little bit about my understanding of the heavenly realm based upon the, the glimpses of it that I've received um, in meditations, in dreams, and also as a byproduct of interviewing clients, loved ones in spirit, who are telling me bits and pieces about what's going on. Up to a certain point, there seems to be a firewall there <laughs> where right. they're not permitted to talk about uh, much more beyond that in any detail. So uh, that's the most recent book, The Secret Language of Spirit. Now, I do have a question for you. I kind of want to jump right in there. Um, Go for it. When, uh, when you talk about how, how you're self-taught, I, I mean, I know quite a bit about that. The same pretty much goes for myself. Um, and you say that it, that it ends up, it probably was by design. How much do you, how much do you want to have it structured for others, but still give them leeway to find the path that works the best for them? That's a really good question, Vanessa. And in one of the chapters, I talk about the concept of being impressed with visual imagery and visual symbols. And that can only occur within the purview of your individual points of reference. Okay. So <clears throat> my lexicon is most likely not going to be your lexicon, but it's the, the manner in which the information may manifest to you that is going to be universal to us all as human beings, because it's playing off of our physiology, our senses, our emotions, and our memories. Okay. So I really see myself as a linguist who has become reasonably adept at interpreting a foreign language and putting that into words for people who are not yet as fluent as I am. And it is a, it is a language of um, symbols, and icons, and it feels very much at times like decoding hieroglyphics. It's fascinating when you put that that way, because that's, I mean, it's, I've explained to others, and, and so have other people that I know, when you're talking about spirit communication, it rarely sounds like me and Mike and you talk exactly. very much about finding the pieces of the puzzle that are given to you at different times and working at connecting them together so that you can get that message. Absolutely. Um, we have to remember that when we are receiving authentic spiritual communications, we're interacting with energies that, if they're where they should be, in the heavenly realm or the spirit world, they're absent a physical body. They don't have a human form. It's energy vibrating at various frequencies. And we're each assigned a note on that musical scale. And that's how we distinguish one another. But no one has a voice box. 
So you're quite right. It very rarely comes through in ways that sound like conversation that is spoken. So it's <laughs> it's going to come through like a, a stream of mental pictures, movies, words, phrases, sometimes a name. Uh, it may be something that you physically feel. You may smell, hear, or taste something. Because again, they're playing off of the familiarity of your personal physiology, your senses and your emotions, and your memories. So that's where there might be a little bit of tweaking in terms of the interpretation, because what I've been exposed to over my lifetime may be a little bit different from what you have lived and learned and understood. And that's where I would need you to work with me to help to validate what I'm saying or to help me to tweak it a little bit if my interpretation's a bit off. Now, we do have a, uh, a quick question from the chat room already, and I do want to uh, give a quick shout out to our, our Mad Hatters down there in the chat room. Uh, also down there at Periscope, thank you for the hearts, and I'm Beyond the Light Network, we are also broadcasting over Spreaker, so thank you all, and we'll gladly accept all of your questions. So this one is from Rebecca Gardner. How do you decipher between those with gifts and abilities versus a highly sensitive person? Let me say, Rebecca, that there is not one of us who does not have, as our God-given birthright, the ability to access our spiritual gifts and talents and to employ that aspect of our personhood to be of service to others. That is why we are here. So, um, you know, God bless those highly sensitive people because they are born into it naturally. Um, and there, there are times when that exquisite sensitivity may also be painful. <laughs> uh, Vanessa and I were talking about being empaths right. and taking on the pain and suffering of others as our own and, and feeling that resonate with us. And I have had people ask me, how do I get rid of that? And I have said, no, 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 no. The world... <laughs> The world needs people like you in it. The world needs people who are compassionate and, and sensitive and concerned. And I would not want to see that weaned out of anyone. Absolutely. Being a warrior does not mean without feeling. If anything, being a true warrior and being able to deal with this means that you, you feel greatly and it is your your warriorness is how you decide to use that that pain that you're taking on from other people, and it's not easy. It means you gotta you gotta bite your tongue a lot <laughs> when you when you don't want to, <laughs> you know. Um, but but he's right. We all have it. You know, Mike and I tell people that all the time. Now it's I just do like open the box. Little footnote there. <laughs> little footnote is. We all have it, but are your intentions for accessing it authentic? Right. Because this is not about wanting people to think you're special or you're cool or you're superior to anyone else. This is not about performing. Right. We've for met plenty of those. Yeah. So yeah. that, you know, you, you wow and awe people and people flatter you and stroke you. This is about operating under the banner 
of humility. Yes, thank you. I, you know what? If I could reach through here and hug you, <laughs> I would. I would because that's I, that's one of the things Mike and I talk about a lot on this show and different and different people that we have on is a lot of people have the TV version of what we do yeah. in their minds, and they can't they can't understand this hurts. This isn't fun. It's not something that if you had to, if you had a choice, a true choice to decide not to do it, you know, it, it's not something you would have chosen for yourself. It, well, it just isn't. I have to say, I love what I do very well, much. You do, but it's got, it sucks sometimes, don't it? it? Well, it is precious to me and I, I do treat it um, with great care and concern and I desire to be as pure and clear and clean a channel as possible. And that's a very disciplined lifestyle. This is not a mindset. It's a lifestyle. And uh, I, the other thing yeah, that I've, I I've to- seen some of your because uh, I watched some of your video clips and you talked about how you, you kind of have a strict regimen. You're, you're a vegetarian. You have a, a, a nice workout schedule that that you partake in. So it, it sounds that's- like your your lifestyle is very just clean, orderly, um, very well set up. Well, I don't drink or smoke anything. <laughs> Never touched an illegal substance in my life. Um, I don't cheat or lie about anything, not even what other people call white lies. And I don't curse or swear. And you're right. I, I'm very clean in the way that I am mindful of what I consume. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I exercise every day. And again, I desire to be as pure and clear and clean a channel as possible. And for me personally, that has been effective. Fantastic. And real quick, uh, Tom McNicholas with a $5 super chat. Cheers to the spiritual world is what he says. Thank you very much, Tom. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, William, I oh, commit- I'm sorry. Could I could I just interject something else, Vanessa? Because you you mentioned about how things are portrayed on television, <laughs> and there's another misconception there in that the layperson may think that people who are psychics or people who are psychic mediums, and there's a difference, are turned on 24/7, and we are not, and you you should not be. Um, it is a process that I enter into deliberately and consciously, and when I am finished, I'm done. And I go, one, two, three, off duty and closed for business. And that is... I need to learn from you because I don't do that. I'm going to be very honest. I don't. Well, the concern, and I think perhaps that may be why you, you are susceptible to feeling fatigued and run down. Also, you, you have to preserve and protect yourself. That's not selfish. That's self-preservation. Yeah, I need to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Mike. I'm the worst. I, like I said last show, I'm a do as I say, not as I do gal. <laughs> and I admit it. I admit it. You know, um, I do have another question just because I was looking at you in chat and I didn't see one just yet. But my best friend. Her oldest son is autistic, and she and I have spoken at great length that he is gifted. 
and I would I would love for you to go into some details about what you've written about on that subject because I think that I think that a lot of people don't pay attention to that and I think they look over it because for whatever reason any type of, of disability like that makes people uncomfortable and it shouldn't well the the, the discomfort is not about our differences it's about anxiety for confronting our mutual similarities. Uh, the average person who has apprehension about someone with disabilities is struggling with the concept of we are all more alike than we are different. And there is also a humility in recognizing that not one of us is perfect and we all have some sort of, if not disability, eccentricity, idiosyncrasies and so on. So the more we try to push away from considering that we are more alike than different, um, the more we give rise to, um, to a culture of fear. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, now, to, to address your question about people with autism, I don't want to speak for all folks with autism. And um, I've actually had people with autism disagree with me about um, a natural predisposition to spirituality or to accessing that, that part of your personhood. But I think that it makes good sense when you consider that uh, about half of people with autism are not wired for speech. And you consider who, who else would spend absorbing amounts of time in states of solitude. Well, I think of the, the nun, the monk, the yogi, the rabbi, the priest, the guru, and they enter into it deliberately also, and they're entering into it deliberately to connect with the source and to strengthen that relationship. Well, the person with autism who doesn't speak is born into it naturally, and mm. they're, na they're naturally engaged in a perpetual meditation, if you will. And so it has been my experience, and I've been in the field over 30 years now, it has been my experience that these are the people who are most often predisposed to perceiving things that are seen and unseen. And you're right, there's a curious paradox there in that for the most part, they are seen, seen as uh, defective or deficient when in fact they are the keepers of great wisdom. Just real quick, because um, I didn't want to cut you off midstream there, but while you were talking, we had a $25 super chat from Andrew Cox. Uh, thank you very much, Andrew. That is absolutely fantastic, and we certainly uh, appreciate that. So $25 super chat. I think that's the first $25 super chat we've had, so <laughs> thank you. You'll have to tell me what the super chat's all about. Uh, the, yeah, the super <laughs> chat is... it. It does a couple things. One, it's a donation feature to the channel. It helps uh, support us in, in what we do here on uh, Hunter Road Media. It also puts the uh, the chat box in real nice, bright colors, so it kind of really stands out uh, for them so that we can, whatever they want to tell us, ask us, whatever, we're able to see that really nice and clearly. So, 
Um, oh, that's yeah. terrific. Yeah. I feel like this is sort of like a telethon. So let's get <laughs> almost. <laughs> so um, yeah. something that I did want to, um, I, I know you're talking about the uh, autism and I, I think we can kind of uh, play back and forth a little bit. Um, is that, you know, you had mentioned before the show that you started into this a little bit later in life, like your early 40s. So it's kind of something that's always been with you kind of off and on, but like really uh, blew up for you uh, early into your 40s. Well, I, I'm a 55-year-old man now, so okay. I'm very much, a late, <laughs> very much a late bloomer where all of this is concerned, although it didn't start out that way. I started out um, painfully, exquisitely sensitive and... You know, when when you're very young, a lot of your peers are sort of oblivious to that. But boy, when you enter into adolescence and people start to become a little more sophisticated and oft, oftentimes more judgmental, and you're a boy and you're gentle and sensitive, that doesn't yeah. go over so well. No. No, it doesn't. I was most definitely odd man out. And for about seven to eight years of my life on virtually a daily basis, I was verbally abused and physically harassed and my speech and my body language were openly mocked and mimicked in front of adults, cafeteria staff, bus drivers and yeah. teachers, and no one did anything about it. And as we were talking before we came on the air, I did not have a support system in place. I did not have faith in my faith. And I began reflecting back what other people were projecting upon me, which was the, the improper or inauthentic response, but it's mm -hmm. the path I went down. As a matter of course, I also became very much attracted to dark things. Now, this is the early 70s. So you had the amazing Kreskin and you had Gene Dixon, <laughs> or you had everything else got lumped into the category that was called the occult. Right. And that was witches and spell casting and demonology and werewolves and vampires. And that's the stuff that I got drawn to. And lo and behold, it started attracting to me as well. Right. And for quite some time, there was a very nefarious presence that made itself known to me loud and clear every night as I was trying to fall asleep. And he, I would hear him coming, I could hear his footsteps, and there he would be standing in my bedroom doorway, about six and a half feet tall, a black silhouette, long floor-length black coat, a black broad-brimmed hat, and he communicated telepathically. And he was there for the sole purpose of seducing me into recruitment oh, wow. and, and, and promising me power and authority over my tormentors. You can imagine how attractive a proposition that was. Oh, absolutely. At the time. And I also need to stress that this was not frightening. Hmm. It was unnerving. And it was unpleasant, but I was not frozen with terror because that would have undermined his agenda. His agenda was to entice me to join forces with him. 
And he, he gave me a little taste of that, of what that would be like, standing on the recess playground, because I thought I could cast spells. And I was talking this up to a couple of other kids that were, you know, rather gullible. And they said, well, if this is something you can do, prove it. Right. And I said, well, what would you like me to do? And they said, break up that fight. Well, about four or five yards from us, there was a multi-boy pylon. (laughs) (laughs) There was this huge fight with, you know, probably a dozen kids. And they said, break up that fight. I said, all right. And I started reciting what I thought was a spell. And it didn't even really matter if it wasn't a spell. This is what happened to drive home the point that this was real, what was happening to me. As the, the moment I missed, the moment I finished that spell, in the next beat, a gust of wind swept across the playground that stank like cow manure and sent everybody scattering. Wow. And these kids turned to me with their mouths open. And that's the moment I realized, hey, this phantom, this is real. This is not my imagination. Now, when I was researching my last book, Under Spiritual Siege, about ghosts and demons, I was shocked to learn that many, many other people have seen the exact same entity that I saw in 1973. Yeah. Um, I've and heard descriptions friend, of, Heidi, of that. My friend Heidi Hollis <laughs> <laughs> has coined the term hat man. Yeah. And that is what I saw. Yep. Yeah, I've... Um, just uh, real quick, um, I, I do want to interject another uh, comment, but... Um, uh, Tammy Heitzman, $5 Super Chat, and Jen, $10 Super Chat. Uh, really, really thank you guys very much. Uh, I know you did that a few minutes ago, but um, again, it's absolutely fantastic. Love you guys. Um, yeah, so that Hatman experience, um, and it, was, it wasn't a Hatman for me, but it was um, you know dark humanoid figure without the hat for me uh, in my bedroom. Um, didn't actually say anything to me, but it came up, actually physically uh, interacted with, with me, did the strangest thing, crossed my arms across my body, and then ran off down the hall. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with uh, what we've kind of coined as shadow people. So, um, See, and I find it fascinating because I'm a practitioner. I, I practice witchcraft, and I have for many, many, many moons, and I have not, <clears throat> I have not had that experience. If anything, everything that I've dealt with, <coughs> excuse me, has been of a loving nature. Everything. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still getting over a sinus infection. Um, I simply, now nah, I've seen the dark. I've seen the negative. But I, I just, I won't let it in. Well, you know, as we were saying, Vanessa, <laughs> I... I have decided to totally flip it, and um, I'm grateful for the experience. So I'm going to disempower it by expressing my gratitude because I will make it work to my advantage because I am able to see it in other people. Uh, I have cleared houses, and man, I have seen imps scattered at the four corners of the room when I walk in because they know 
who I am and what I'm about and that I've been there, done that. So I mean, I've come into contact with the negative spirits plenty, but never one that did that, you know, never one that did what, what happened to you. I've never had that. I have one that stuck with me. He's a bugger and I've written about him, but I've got him under control. Um, but I've never had that happen. And that's what I find so fascinating. When you were telling the story, it reminded me so much of what Mike has talked about as well. And I was so glad he brought that up because that's not something that I've dealt with. I've well, dealt with look, many dark, many dark things, but not that. Well, I don't at, know Mike very well yet, but <laughs> right. I suspect that he has also used his experience to his best advantage <laughs> And putting it out there oh, yeah. and illum illuminating the truth. You know, when you bring in the light, when you shine the light on it and you illuminate it, there are no more secrets. Right. Well, I mean, basically what I've done by sharing, sharing my story is, you know, there's other people out there that have had similar experiences and they're keeping it bottled in because, you know, there's you know, been this long standing connotation that if you talk about seeing things or hearing things or what have you, that, uh, you know, loved ones will think you're crazy. You may be ridiculed, you know, based on your religion or, and what have you. And so I've always tried to present that, um, you know, you're not crazy. You're not going to be ridiculed. Other people have experienced these things. You're not alone. Um, for, for you, as you described the story, um, you, you were shown a power uh, that could possibly be had. So what made you decide to, you know, eventually not go down that path? You said you explored the dark side a little bit, but now you're in the light. So what, what made you decide to come to the light? You know, I, I've got to think that something somewhere inside of me was wise enough to say, don't don't engage with him. Don't re re resist him. Don't engage with him. Uh, but that didn't prevent me from descending into a dark period of time in which sure. I be I became very cynical, very judgmental, uh, severely depressed to the point of almost taking my life, um, and developing post-traumatic stress disorder that, that haunted me into adulthood. Um, and, and I just want to point out that this is how insidious and cowardly these negative energies can be in that they will prey upon people who are already vulnerable and who are already struggling with addictions or struggling with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They will prey upon children who don't yet know they are empowered to say no. Right, and you were being bullied at the time, which I, I can understand because I, I had a period of time when I was a child being bullied, so yeah. It was the worst period of my life. But, you know, I've talked about it publicly. I'm being very transparent with you now, and so I'm going to continue to illuminate the truth. I think that's one of the most powerful and important things you can do, as you have said, is to talk about it and to put it out there because... Um, Boy, we are in the midst of spiritual warfare right now, and it's it's called the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. I'm in the medical field. I totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. I see it every day. Every and day. If, if you talk to people who are recovering addicts or recovering alcoholics, 
oftentimes they will talk about <clears throat> in their darkest hours having heard a voice other than the voice that they would use as their own to talk themselves through something, hearing another voice, um, often very guttural, very nasty, very angry sounding, telling them to harm themselves or others. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to get some water. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot mine, and I'm angry. <laughs> nah. I'm all dry from the sinus medication. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually, a lot of people don't know this, but I was an alcoholic at the age of 12. But that really? was, yeah, I was. I was an alcoholic, a very big alcoholic. Um, but I had my own personal things that I was dealing with at the time. Um, I bet you were clever about it, though. I get the I sense that you were, you were clever. clever about it, yeah. I was a cheerleader, and uh, we would uh, load up the oranges with vodka. I need the uh, oranges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I was a uh, I was an altar boy, and so <clears throat> I would sneak back and take a few sips. But I <laughs> sips of the wine. Yeah, a few sips, but that I, was it. <laughs> I actually lost two days of my life. I was so drunk. Oh wow! At, at twelve. That that was at thirteen. Okay, I almost 13, drowned still thirteen. Jeez. Yeah, I almost drowned in my friend's bathtub because oh, I was. Um, but I don't drink now. You know, I knew enough that this was not going to end well for me. I wasn't going to be around to do any of the things that I needed to do. Yeah. You know, I almost slashed my wrists when I was 16. Wow. I, w I was home alone. My family had gone out. I was so depressed. I didn't want to be around anyone. So they went on a road trip for the day. I was home alone. And I sat there with my father's straight razor and I... I played this out in my head. What would this be like? Would I panic? Uh, would I go through with it? Um, I imagined that as I started to bleed out, I would get a ringing in my ears that would just get louder and louder until I would go into the sound and, and disappear. And um, something inside me said, don't, don't do this. One day people will know who you are for what you have to offer. And in that moment, I had absolutely no clue of what that was <laughs> or what that would look like, but it was enough to deter me from harming myself. Good. It's Good. crazy how that works, isn't it? You know, well, something you know, deep inside tells you that you are meant for better things. You know, we, we do have protectors around us. We do have guardians around us. There's very much a limit to what they can do in terms of altering timelines or um, interjecting themselves or interfering in any way. But um, in, in those moments of dire emergency, I believe that they can, they can impress themselves upon us in a way that could be life-altering. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're referring to your spirit guides, right? Well, not even necessarily spirit guides, but even, you know, grandparents or ancestors or oh, loved okay. ones who have passed on before sure. us. Sometimes angels, angelic presences. Uh, we have movie star memories here in the chat, Mark. I'm sitting here looking at this. If you wonder, William, why I keep looking down, I'm monitoring the chat as I'm well. doing the same. Yeah. yeah. And, Go ahead. Um, Yes, it. it's just a very simple question, but it's poignant. 
And it's, um, they say, why do sensitives do this? I did the same when we're talking about, you know, self-inflicting stuff. It, to me, the answer is very simple. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure you, you will agree and you'll have uh, more to say on it. But sometimes it just gets to be too much. The world hurts. It does. The world hurts. And it's hard to be human. And I think we should give ourselves credit, particularly those among us who are most sensitive and most struggling. Give yourself credit for showing up and being human. At some point in your soul's trajectory, you elected this life. You chose to be human. And it's, it's tough. It's challenging. So, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back for, uh, for getting as far as you have. Exactly. I mean, every day you wake up with breath in your body, honestly, is a gift. Even if it seems like the day is going to suck, it's a gift. It's because we have free will to do with our lives what we see fit. And it's how we choose to use that that, that makes know, all the difference in the world. I am I am living proof of of heeding the call and doing what you are. I I walked away from my job. 18 years ago with nothing else to go to, nothing else lined up, gave up my benefits, my salary. And I'm not certainly not encouraging everyone to do this, but it was a call that I answered and it has been an absolutely amazing ride. Absolutely extraordinary. I've never been without money. I'm not wealthy, but I've always had what I've needed. Isn't it? I've always been taken care of. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's the, that that strange check in the mail you weren't expecting when they're, they're getting ready to cut the lights off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, William. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, it's it's, it's never been quite that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been beautiful. It's been amazing. You know, it's that sensation of hitting your stride, coming into your own, and doing what you are. We have a comment here from uh, Beat Three Airspace. Says William Stillman, "You are a love." Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. It's that's very, very sweet. sweet. Thank you. What is the name? Beat Three Airspace. Beat Three Airspace. Thank you. Thank you. We have we have lots of love going on. Yeah, there's the a chat. lot of hearts going in the chat right lots now. Lots of love. Well, that's <laughs> lovely. It's reciprocated. We have we have great people. And Vanessa, um, I've been sending you lots of healing energy your way too. I do. I mean, you and the amoxicillin should kick this thing's butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. Um, now I um. I'm curious, you know, we, we, we always ask people on the show, you know, what their favorite experience is and what they've done and what their worst experience is and what they've done. And I, I, I try, you know, sometimes to hold off on those questions because it can be repetitive, but I have a feeling that your answers are going to be surprising. So would you tell our audience what those are, best and worst? Well, probably the worst experience I've, I've already addressed Yes. And it was that that really awful dark period of time in my life. And in hindsight, I'm kind of glad I got it all out of the way when I was younger, uh, because it's been it's been just coming down home stretch ever since. It's been beautiful. Now, I will tell you one of the most beautiful and satisfying experiences that I've had was um, encountering my friend Travis, uh, who uh, 
had been murdered. He had been shot. Oh, I'm sorry. And he, uh, well, we weren't friends then, but we are now. And um, he he showed up at a, a public event that I was doing uh, because a cousin was in the audience. And uh, I was, you know, acting as his channel and relaying information. And when he started cursing at me in a really vulgar way, I knew this is not a spirit in the heavenly realm. This is someone who's stuck or a ghost. Okay. Um, and long story short, I, I helped him to cross over. It took a long time to wear him down and to gain his trust. But he finally decided to try to give it a go. And um, I was very involved with his mother during all of this. And she also got a, a clear sign that he had that he had passed that he had transitioned successfully and um, was much happier uh, where he was. And then six months later, she was killed in a car accident. Oh. Very sudden and unexpected on, on black ice. Um, and I was just so, so thrilled and so honored and so grateful that I was able to facilitate that healing process for her. If, if that was her intended time to leave, I'm so gratified that I was able to um, mend those outstanding hurts and in um, struggles of the emotion and that she had been so depressed she could barely move she could barely get out of bed and boy once once she got the validation that travis had in fact moved on she became involved um she was befriending other mothers who had gone through similar experiences and boy, if she had to go out when she did, I'm just so relieved and so glad that we were able to um, make amends for her before all of that. But uh, that's in that whole story about Travis is in the book Under Spiritual Siege, by the okay. way. All right. Um, question from the uh, chat room. And uh, we do have a lot of people in the chat room tonight. So for, for those of you that are new to the channel, uh, please go ahead, hit that subscribe button, the little notification bell as well. Uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, this is for Rebecca Gardner. Question, is it common for those with gifts not to be able to connect with our own loved ones? <laughs> um, you know, I have found that that intuitive aspect of our personhood works in little little bits and pieces here and there, but by and large, it's about being of service to other people. And so it certainly does not work for me in the same way that I am able to serve as a conductor or a conduit for other people. I kind of think of myself as a garden hose <laughs> and, you know, God's the the control of the spigot and then it flows through me, so it doesn't come from me, it comes through me, and then is dispensed out the other end. But um, it, it rarely works for me personally, but then I have to tell you also, there's nobody that I know in spirit that I feel I need to hear from. Hmm. Like, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good with everybody, and I don't, there's no desperation there. So there's no family or, or what have you out there that that you're just craving to hear from. You're, it, it sounds like you're you're more, um, 
you know, those that you're helping in the here and now and maybe connecting with their relatives? I just came from doing that tonight. Uh, <laughs> just amazing. You know, I get blown away by the specificity of the information that comes through. I was sitting tonight with a gal whose um, alcoholic, abusive father came through loud and clear. And um, he called her baby girl. She said, yes, that's what he called uh -huh. me. And as he was pulling back, he said, sayonara. And she about fell out of her chair. She said, he said that all the time. Um, and there was a healing that occurred for her. Um, and there's a healing that occurs on a regular basis. You know, I meet, I meet a lot of abusive dads <laughs> in yeah. spirit. And, and some moms, but a lot of times abusive fathers or people that have been emotionally disconnected. And I want our listeners to understand that when they get to where they're going and if they get there successfully, it's like removing lenses that have been foggy and having 360-degree vision now. They, they see everything so clearly, and they've also had the opportunity to experience reliving certain circumstances from the perspective of other people. And so they are granted the kind of insight that they wouldn't or couldn't take when they were here in human form. And they so much want to express that. And sometimes they will curse and swear because that's part of their personality right. and how people would know to recognize them. Um, and so it's e there's even greater authenticity to it when I have to say, you need to know I don't talk this way. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of your videos where you're kind of pre-apologizing in case that happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do talk that way, and I'm keeping it so clean for you tonight. You have no idea. Right. <laughs> Aren't you sweet? <laughs> I'm trying my darndest. I am. Oh. And I'm, I'm surprised they're not freaking out in the chat. <laughs> yeah. We do have, um, oh, wow, Jen, a second $10 yes. super chat. She says, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Jen, Aww. we really, Aww. really do appreciate that support. Um, that's so and, sweet. Yeah, and Jen is one of our Patreon patrons too, so that's fantastic. Um, we do have a uh, another question from the chat room. Shauna is shenanigating, and she's put up here a question from Karen Lynn River City Paranormal. And the question is, why is it some people can come through and others can't? You know, that's a really good question. What was the name? Uh, K uh, Karen Lynn. Karen, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's not something that I have control over, and it's not going to be what you want it to be always. I think that I can only speak for myself and my experience working as a psychic medium, but it's going to be what it's going to be, and you're going to get what you're going to get. And that may not necessarily align with what you want or expect. It can, but not necessarily. And I tend to attract the people that you would least likely expect to hear from because that gives credence to the authenticity of what then they end up communicating. So there are times when it's very frustrating for me when I've just spent half an hour channeling someone's abusive alcoholic father who's coming through and humbling himself as someone who had been in the military service and is saluting a civilian as a show of respect 
and we get through all of this, and then the person says, well, I was really hoping to hear from my mother. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's disheartening. It, it's going to be what it's going to be, and I can't make it be anything other than what it's going to be, and yeah. I'm not going to force it to be what it's not going to be either. Right. Vanessa, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not like picking up a phone and dialing a number. I tell people this is not an on-demand service, no. and I do not I do not have a remote where I can punch in deceased mother Mary and go. Well, and the thing is, I think that people, when it comes to loved ones coming to them, I think that sometimes you can be so close to the situation or, so, or want so much to speak to the person that you miss the signs they're giving you. The person that's wanting the contact misses the signs that they're being given. Well, I also tell that verbiage. I also tell people, listen, desire, not desperation is going to work in your favor. Yeah. So um, not only do I let people only come to me once a year, but I ask that they give a good nine months to 12 months to wait until they're ready to contact someone who has passed on that they were close with because they're still grieving and mourning. And I also want to give that soul's energy time to, you know, get reacclimated and reacquainted and so on. I will never forget a mom coming to me. Her son had overdosed and he came through first words out of his mouth. I was so embarrassed. He said, mom, knock it the F off. And what he meant was she was so desperate to hear from him that it became a consuming preoccupation. I noticed there's something in my house. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if it'll pick back up. No. Are you picking up on something? Stream resumed. Okay. Since we were talking so before the show. We might be good. It says stream resumed. So it might just pick up a glitch. And sorry, guys. Um, William actually predicted this before the show. <laughs> he, <did. laughs> he, he said yeah. something was going to happen. And there it was. So, <laughs> and you can't, I, I can I can't see you, Mike. You're black. I'm, I'm, the whole black. Am I really? You sure are. Um, I'm coming through on the stream. That's so weird. Okay, that's well, really yeah, weird. No, I, I can't see you either. Maybe that's a Skype thing. Yeah, Skype shows me as black. Hmm. Wow, that's that's really weird. But um, yeah, they they see me on the broadcast because I I have the broadcast that, running in the previewer. So well, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, uh, a shorter gentleman, um, medium build, thinning mm. hair on top. Um, can't even say he's attached to you. Might be to the location, um, but it's. it's, a, it's I, I built this house, so I can't imagine. Mm. Yeah. Not he sure. Not a, not a little bitty fella, but I would say maybe five eight, five nine. Mm. Bigger than me, but <laughs> bigger than me, but not not like tall, you know. Mm. Um, and then you have a, a really um, a loud running water sound. Hmm. Um, not sure what that's about. I don't either. So you let me know if you ever if you ever you know figure it out. But I wanted to ask you that before the show started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just we got to talking about something else. It, it is so weird not being able to see you, Mike. So I'm just watching you on my yeah. No, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those technical glitches, dif difficulties, uh, Williams aura. You know, 
<laughs> it happens to almost every every interview I do, whether it's by Skype or by phone. So I, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd gone we'd gone most of the show too. It was like 50 minutes into it, and then boom. <laughs> it just, it's okay. It's, it, it stranger things have happened. Don't you even worry about well, true it. True enough. There's been times we've had struggles just getting the show launched back in the day. Big time. Big time. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to go back and make sure that I... And see if we got no, all the questions. Yeah, and no, Robert, I am being good. I am not going to say bad words because we, ha we have a nice guest. I'm not oh. going to do it. Yeah, Vanessa's uh, been well, staying that's away. That's very respectful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, they're, they're used to it. I told you they were going to say something, but... Um, yeah, I guess we'll just make a last a last call for questions. Uh, I'm scrolling back yeah. up to see if we missed anything while we were fixing the the show. So now, William, what do you have coming up? Do you have any events coming up? I anything? do. Um, you know, I'm trying to break out of Pennsylvania, and I'm not having much luck doing that. So um, all of the events that I'm doing are Pennsylvania based. So if any of our uh, viewers or listeners are in Pennsylvania, you can always check out my website to see where I'm going to be or what I'm going to be doing. And that my website is williamstillman.com. I have a very dear friend who lives in Easton, Pennsylvania. I, I have some <laughs> events coming up in the Allentown area, so that's not too awfully far away. It sure isn't. I'll have to tell Julia about that. And Rachel, I'm part of Threefold Paranormal. Um, we're uh, the main case that we're working on is the missing children from the Cropsey case in Staten Island, New York. And uh, I actually investigated Julia's house, Horsefly Chronicles house in Eastern Pennsylvania. And Rachel, our other member, just moved back to Jersey. So she's relatively close. So they might come and check out one of your events. They I can't make welcome. it up there. But they're wonderful, wonderful ladies, wonderful ladies. So, and, they, if they're not watching this right now, they they, they go back and will rewatch it, so they'll see this and they'll they'll check out. Yep, now it was your turn to break days, up, Vanessa. Okay. <laughs> and there she's gone. Okay. Oh well, my goodness. I know. Um, well, we do have the uh, question from the chat is, Beat 3 Airspace, please ask William to come back again. So we will have to have you back. It's been a great conversation. I would be honored to come back. Thank you. <laughs> and she just totally blew out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a heck of a time. Tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but as far as events, you know, we do have, um, and, and I don't know how much you travel, but we do have our event, the Hunter Road Media uh, Paracon in Alton, Illinois on June 9th. So you're, you're welcome to come out to that. And uh, well, all of our speaker spots are, are taken up, but uh, you're welcome to the vendor table. Thank you. You know, what I love doing more than anything and what I am passionate about is stepping out onto a stage and working with a live audience. Mm -hmm. Yep, understandable. So uh, we'll have to get you out next year then. Absolutely love it. Okay. And it, I get blown away <laughs> by what happens and what comes out. It's amazing. Yeah. I also have to tell you, uh, and I know we're running out of time. Yeah, we've got a couple um, minutes left. Within the past few years, there's been this really odd connection 
with extraterrestrials that is popping up in almost every live event that I do where there is someone in the audience that gets singled out, usually a man who has seen a UFO, has had an experience as a child, has had missing time as a child, and has something implanted behind an ear or has a mark on their genitals. Interesting. And this I'm is... not sure exactly what it's all about, but it keeps coming up and it's it's really interesting. It keeps coming up in each of your presentations, each of your events? Yes. Interesting. Hmm. That's weird. Now for me to call something weird, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, I, on, on two occasions, I ended up channeling that extraterrestrial presence. And Did you what really? He, what he had to say was fascinating. And I developed amnesia about most of what I do. Unfortunately, someone was transcribing every word. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to have that. But this presence was calling. My eyes were closed the entire time. This presence was calling on people and singling them out before they even raised their hands. Uh, it was answering questions before they were asked. It was, yeah, wow. It was quite something. Wow, that is, dang. So let me ask you this real quick, and I, I know we're, you know, just about out of time. But um, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, spirit, you know, loved ones, etc. So how does how do aliens and alien spirits play into all this? Since it, it seems obvious you believe in aliens. Well, they originate from the same source that we do. I mean, yeah. they, they, you know, they know I, about, I've, I've, they know about God. <laughs> okay. And, and I've speculated that maybe, you know, just because I've kind of recently gone down the, the path of uh, reincarnation and, and what have you that, if that does happen, maybe we get reincarnated as aliens at some point. Well, there are many, many ways of being other than human. Mm -hmm. And there, there have been several occasions when I have sat across from a client in a private session, and I have had to say to them, the reason you have struggled so much socially the, the reason why you've had such a difficult time fitting in, the reason why you don't understand greed and the, the, the strive for power and money is because you're not from here. You are not accustomed to being human. Mm -hmm. Hey, describe me. I don't get those things. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand massive ego i don't yeah. understand greed. rebecca gardner's down there that's me <laughs> yeah, i don't understand and, excessive and, violence and the curious thing is these people look like you would expect them to look yeah they you know very thin faces large eyes high cheekbones little dots for nostrils a little slit for a mouth and this has happened about three or four times they've all burst into tears when i've told them this hmm. Okay, well, yeah, I'm chubby and I got a big, I got a big old mouth, so that's not me. But, but I mean, the rest of it, yeah, you know. Um, and I just always assumed that it was, you know, just being enlightened. I just don't understand. I don't understand, like I said, excessive violence, greed, ego. I don't get it. 
I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me um, why that seems to be what people flock to. Like there's so much more. There's there a nature and love and commute, you know, community and brothers and sisters, uh, not just by blood, but there's well, experiences as humans. That's oh, why we've, uh, Vanessa. That's why we've come through the fire to be bridges for those folks who are aspiring to transform, and we are agents of change. Doing my darndest. <laughs> I'm a trying. Some days are harder than others, but <laughs> oh, hey, BD Flint yeah. just gave us five bucks. Five dollar super chat for BD Flint right here at the end of the show, and we do have to wrap it up because um, we have another show right after this. So, um, yeah, so William, really do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure, yeah. and I'm and, so glad to know you, and Vanessa yeah. in particular. You're, you're a joy, so thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, William's latest book is The Secret Language of Spirit, so be sure to check that out. You can also find him at williamstillman.com. Um, Bill, anywhere else they can find you? I'm on Facebook at William Stillman Psychic Medium, and if you like and follow me, then you'll be sure to get my original inspirational quotes that I put up every morning that I pair with an image, and it might be a nice way to start your day. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, we'll get into shout-outs real quick, and then we'll have to flip over to Inside the Upside Down. So Inside the Upside Down, we're doing Gonsfeld Experiment, which we were supposed to do last week, but um, Shauna was just totally zonked out. She wasn't feeling well, so um, we're doing that this week. And hey, if you're new to the channel, please go ahead and subscribe. So um, we'll try to run through these pretty quick. Of course, there's Shauna, our chat shenanigator, who will be joining us next show. Um, Lynn's White, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I think there's people down, still down at Periscope. It kind of turned off when we had our whole glitch. So thank you, Periscope peeps. <laughs> uh, Carrie Parrish, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Zippy Davis. Uh, Katie Palmer, uh, Charmy Charms. You know what? I need to go through the Super Chat Superstars. You know, uh, I should have done. I should have done that first. And you know, what? it's it blew out on me. It's looking all black. It. it is I'm all black. But I'm we've in. got we've got Tom McNicholas. Andrew Cox had the uh, the big twenty five dollar one. Uh, Jen had uh, two of them. At ten, Tammy Heitzman, thank you, and B D Flint. So those are our super chat superstars, and so there's your shout outs as well. <laughs> Mike, is it okay for me to say goodbye? Yeah, now? you. I'm sorry, William. Yeah, it, you, you can go ahead and go. <laughs> we don't need to keep you around for the shout outs. I'm <laughs> thank sorry. Thank you so much. All right, thank you again, a great William. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye now. Bye bye. So um, yeah, and there's uh, Sean Gilmore, who we will be investigating from uh, at Ohio State Reformatory on Thursday together which would be very very cool um bonnie halperin uh don spooky spectacular pamela rainey fran molino movie star memories thank you very much for joining us tonight karen lynn river city paranormal have a good night um you know we had a, you guys had a lot of people in chat tonight oh yeah um fun guy thank you labuda m labuda 61 <laughs> Thank you. Donna Gorton, our Cheshire cat in the house this evening. Uh, Sean Oldsmith from Australia, thank you very much. Um, I, I think I saw Robert White in there as well, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so Robert White. Diane Hilbert, thank you. Candy Orton, 
Thank you very much, as always. Cheryl Midkiff, thanks for joining us again. Um, Ludafan G, thank you. Unknown Darkness, that is Katie Hopkins. And uh, Katie is going to be on next Tuesday. It is her book release day, so we're going to talk about her book next Tuesday. And that is Seeing Spirit, so uh, check that out from Haunted Road Media next Tuesday. Uh, Zippy Davis, first one in the house again. Um, yeah, uh, and don't forget we had uh, Kelly Dahl, we had Karen Lynn, we had Gwen mm-hmm. from BBI. We had what was that movie? Movie yep. Time, Movie Star Memories. Um, boy, yeah, uh, Tim Schoen. Yeah, we had uh, Sean Olsen too. Yeah, Bethany Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this Vanessa Renee Hogel in here. Is I it, that bitch. I don't here. know. It's got all the hearts <laughs> in there though, so she's so, showing some love. <laughs> oh, big old right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, stop that! Um, uh, I think we got Rebecca Gardner, right? Um, uh-huh. Tammy, uh, Bonnie Halperin. So um, that's our other Cheshire cat. I think we got Tammy Heitzman. Well, yeah, because Tammy had a. Uh, super chat so um sharon r thank you kathy 1313 and you're a lot of you guys in chat tonight shauna says that one time she saw 64 i saw 67 people yeah yeah i saw 67 at one point that's pretty good and uh shauna is also saying joanne briggs from new zealand cool so new zealand australia in the house all over the country um we have somebody from the uk in the house and we get we have canada um represented so we get a lot of people ro- worldwide oh and while we're talking about worldwide uh rika yamakaze i know you're gonna watch the replay so there you go there you um, go <laughs> <laughs> uh, a- a- uh there we go uh-huh. yeah and robert white points out yeah but only 55 likes <laughs> ether oh, shadow yeah. ether shadow there we go can't forget yeah. Ether Shadow. All right. They'll get it. They'll get it. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, here's one thing. Depending, here's one thing on the locks. If people are on Facebook when they go to pull it up, if they're not logged into their YouTube account, they can't like it from that link. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Well, so and that's why, and that's why I always put the the link, and I don't embed the video onto Facebook because Facebook and YouTube just don't like each other. So I just put a photo on there, and then I put the link straight to the show, so you can come here and, and yeah, they they just don't play nice anymore. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah, no. they really don't. But uh, anyway, anyway, yeah, right. I'm beat. Yeah. You're beat. I've got another show to do. Shauna is going to be joining me for that. So, yeah, stay tuned. Um, We're going to get off here. I'm going to switch stuff out. And um, we'll be back here uh, just before the top of the hour. So, um, everybody, thank you very much. It was a great evening. And I really appreciate all of your support. You guys are absolutely fantastic. You Mad Hatters are wonderful. So Love you guys. Have a great night. We'll see you in a few. Bye.